We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 34 of the podcast. Today, I am joined by my good friend and uh, co-host these days, Aaron Morelli. What's going on, mate? Hey, mate. Good to be back again. I've been promoted to to co-host already. (laughs) Well, I mean, for the MMA ones anyway. You you can't just be a guest when it's just you and me going back and forth on them. You've got to be the co-pilot. Oh, mate, it's an honor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to chat about uh, UFC 256, uh, the results that happened last weekend, which was uh, Figueredo versus Moreno. And that was, so, yeah, we're going to chat about the picks that we had, how the fights went. Um, I'm going to bully Aaron a little bit because I pick, got more picks than him. So, obviously, I've got the goods this week. And then I guess we'll just have a chat and see how it goes from there. What do you reckon, mate? Sound good? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let me pull the card up. Hey, hey Jamie, pull that up. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with the pre- prelims. Hey, so I think the first what, the first fight that we covered was uh, Rafael Fiziev versus Hanato Moicano. Yes. And this was uh, a pick off the start. I said that Fiziev would win by KO, and you said Moicano would win. I think by decision. Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, so you want to talk to me a little bit about how that fight went, mate? Oh, yeah, it didn't really go according to my plan. I think Busy uh, has sort of stepped out now into the light. Yeah, anytime you're getting finishes and he's, uh, I think he was, someone asked him in the post-fight interview, like Connor commented or something on something saying good job or whatever. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's going to step out in the limelight now. But disappointing for for me with my pick. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's good more more people coming up in the, the lightweight division um, because, you know, that division's already stacked. So to add more exciting people like uh, Fiziev in there, I think is uh, makes it even better. Yeah. <clears throat> and it helps for him because obviously, like we were chatting about his body. So he was, I mean, that was on display, right? And he got he got the KO in the end, and just he throws so he just throws so heavy that he just looks dangerous all the time. Yeah, when you've got kicks and you've got all those all those attacks that keeps your opponent on their feet, right, the mm. whole time, and takes one lapse, and you know you get the KO, which you got. So um, he'll be one to to watch out for in the yeah. uh, and I, and I think he'll hopefully keeps fighting often. Um, gets more wins on the record and you can get up into that top tier quickly. And start challenging. Hey, what, what did you think of Moicano? Because, I mean, obviously he got knocked out, but uh, what did you think of his performance up until that point? Yeah, I think he was doing right. He was, he was staying in the fight. And it was, I mean, it was only round one. So, you know, I think sometimes he's sort of feeling things out. And, you know, at the end of the day, he got caught. And but I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like he was... You know, having a bad fight or whatever. Did you feel he wasn't performing 
No, I, yeah, I agree. I thought he was. Um, I thought he looked comfortable when they were trading. Um, he obviously didn't look like he was, you know, throwing as heavy as Fazeev, but no. they were exchanging. He was definitely landing hits, and I, I thought he was in the fight. And then obviously, yeah, he's def- yeah, definitely in there. Like I didn't feel like he was being, you know, like not in the fight at all or was one sided. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's MMA. Sometimes you get caught in those exchanges. <laughs> Get slept. <laughs> yeah, so you have a nice, nice nap. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. I do um, wonder what it feels like to go to sleep like that. I don't want to know, but I don't you know think you wake up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it feels very good, mate. Um, sure. What? It, all right. So let's move on. What did you think of uh, Souza versus Holland? I don't know if I've got my order right, but it yeah, doesn't really matter. That was. Uh, that was a crazy fight. Again, I, I obviously went with Holland round one knockout, um, and that, that fight was amazing. Uh, it was a bit weird when they're in sort of like an open guard, and uh, Jacare was just sitting there. It was a bit strange. I don't know if he was a bit dizzy from got hit or something, but then you know the finish was just again dynamic. Like he's he's an interesting guy, Kevin Holland. He's always got a great little trash talk game going he's entertaining and then he's producing entertaining knockouts like that was a unique knockout something everyone was talking about and yeah. uh jacare is no slouch right but again i hope jacare just retires now there's another yeah. one like like uh jds which i'm sure we'll get to like i just think they've had a great career and maybe it's time <laughs> i don't yeah. like seeing these legends get knocked out like that I, I, yeah well i feel like um jds is definitely more um an imminent you know, like I would be looking at him retiring now and not fighting again. I think yeah. um, Souza might have one more fight in him, two more fights, depending on how the next fight goes. That's my opinion. Because he, with Holland, man, it was competitive and he did look good. Um, do you remember when we were having the conversation last week in the lead up to the fight? I was saying that um, Holland had, I thought, better striking, but I thought Souza could at least compete with him in the striking range long enough to actually get yeah. a takedown. And then at that point, his ground game would be too good. Uh, man, when he shot in for that, he shot in for the takedown, man, full hip connection, chest, head, everything just like stuck to him like glue and looked real heavy. And Holland, to my surprise, he handled it better than I thought and his takedown defense was all right. He didn't seem panicked, managed to hang in there long enough and... Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised, man. I was I was impressed, surprised and impressed by by Kevin Holland. No, well, I think again, uh, I think I mentioned this to you uh, guys the other day. His first fight this year was in in May, and since then, you know, he's fought five times this year. Mm. So five times since May, so four um, in oh, four times after May. So May sixteenth, August eighth. September 19th, October, October 31, December 12th. And then he wanted to fight uh, uh, Kazmat next week as well. <sighs> so I think it's just, again, things 40, he's 28, he's coming into his prime, he's young. And I think you saw that there, the youth. He was just, I don't know, just very fresh and, he, and, he, and he's an exciting talent. And I do think, hopefully, he gets to the point where he fights Adesanya because that will be one hell of a press conference and one mm. hell of a a fight because they're both very dynamic and very interesting. Like they're not your vanilla fighter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That would be a good fight. Hey, uh, too, too soon for it yet though. I think Kevin Holland has a bit, quite a bit more uh, to, yeah. to prove. Um, 
Yeah, man, he he's he looks good, uh, and and like you said, man, five fights since May or four fights since May, five for the year now, and that I mean, there's a certain amount of confidence that has to come with that when you're fighting so frequently, spending time in the cage, and winning the fights as well. It's got to be a yeah, big, well, big boost for your confidence. I think he's got uh, like I sort of call it like, and the first person I really noticed it with was like McGregor, uh, like, and then you see it with Adesanya, you see it with even uh, Figueredo. Like when they get in there, they're so loose. There's no nerve. They're very confident in themselves, mm. and 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 you see, you know, some fighters are a bit different. They're a bit more nervous and stuff like that, but they're just so calm in there. And, and they have no fear, and I mean, when they got the skill behind it, they just perform amazingly. And I think you saw that in Moreno. I think you saw that in Holland, and you see that in so many fighters now that these dynamic young guys with mm. nothing to lose and and no nerves, they're uh, they're they're coming up to the top for the divisions, and they're making every division interesting. Yeah, I think as as time goes on, like fast forward five years from now. I, I have a feeling it's going to be very hard for someone to reign as a title holder for years and like win so many fights in a row because the technical level in general is getting so much better with everyone coming up. Cause now these days they're starting out from a young age and they're like building into the age now where they're looking at getting into the UFC and they've been fighting all their lives. So they're all technical as fuck and real comfortable. And they're very, very, um, they're ta- uh, very diverse talents. They're just yeah, man, M- they're uh, MMA fighters, is what I'm trying to say. They're not kickboxers that have learned jujitsu or vice versa. They're MMA fighters. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with um, with all the with when you have a division with heaps of talent, someone can go on a maybe defend the title six times, but you know someone in another division may have like especially lightweight being so stacked, like. Mm. If it's stacked and you only defend the title twice, but someone's defended in another division six times, for example, you've got to look at the quality of competition that yeah. the, the opponent facing and defending, right? And I think it, it makes it more exciting. You know, as fun as obviously the Khabib thing's been, like, you, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be great now and more entertaining where we have this sort of little tournament with all these people and we don't really know who's going to win. And then maybe whoever's the champion in a year or so, maybe fight him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it makes it more exciting for the fans. And, I mean, right now we're in, we'll get to it, but we're in an interesting position in lightweight. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Oliviera, where, yeah, Oliviera, where he's at, Ferguson, where he's at, all that, and all, all the other stuff that's happening as well. Um, let's, let's get through the card and then we'll, we'll circle yep. back to that. <laughs> Getting some of the corporate speak on, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, Cyril Gain, right? Cyril Gain versus JDS. Yep. Again, uh, like pretty much what I expected. Gain looked good in there. He looked calm. He looked control. Like didn't look that tired. And then, you know, he worked and got the finish. That the elbow at first, I didn't know if it was to the back of the head, but for me, it looked like a. It looked like this is the thing, and I was discussing with my mate. It looks like JDS doesn't want to get hit anymore. Mm. Like. The way when he got hit, he turned away. And, and again, like last four fights have all been TKO punches. And I think half of the reason it's a TKO is he, he's turning away. And I don't blame him because they're heavyweights so and they hit hard. Mm. But I don't know. I just think maybe it's time to hang them up. And again, he's had a great career. You know, most of, when you look at his record, most of them are green because they win. 
and wins against some talented guys. Kane Velasquez, Frank Mir, Mark Hunt, Stipe. You know, these are like big wins. And then now he's got four losses that, to me, you know, aren't indicative of the fighter that he is. Or at least maybe not that he is, but that, that he was. And, I mean, it's clear it's clear that he's, like, past his prime now. Um, and that's yeah. obvious. But, yeah, f- I mean, four losses in a row, and especially at heavyweight, getting finished is not good. And as you said, he's he's showing glimpses of not wanting to be in there by turning away from it. And as soon as you – and that's the thing, even if it's a TKO, if you're not, if you're not fighting and – and moving and trying to defend yourself and, you know, eyes on the target kind of thing. If you're shying away from it, that's the referee's yeah. going to step in straight away. And, and it, yeah, and again, they're heavyweights, right? So I don't blame him. But, like, mm-hmm. you only got to look at the younger guys and, and look at, like, without skipping head, look at the main event. Those guys were cracking each other and they were still coming forward. They weren't yeah. turning away. They were they were getting rocked, like, Figueredo got rocked, he was still coming forward. Right? There was no turning away, there was nothing. And that's just because they're young and in their prime. And I think maybe the, uh, JDS is just, just past that. And again, he's fighting a hungry young newcomer that's on now a seven-fight win streak. Right? Mm. So you're fighting someone that's, you know, that guy really wants your name on his resume. And if you're, like, I don't know, I just think it's sometimes these guys that have great careers and Maybe it's hard to give up at 36 and he's taken a bit of damage recently. Um, mm. just, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree for you. And, I mean, there could be an argument if, you know, if even if it was deemed an illegal blow, there could be an argument from the UFC to give him one more fight because of that. But at the same point, damage is damage, right? And, and regardless of whether it's legal or illegal, he's still got knocked out like it's... It doesn't yeah. help. It doesn't help the case. And from a business perspective, um, like he, from that fight card at UFC two five six, JDS got paid five hundred thousand to show and a, and a yep. twenty thousand uh, fight week incentive. And um, his opponent, for example, Cyril Gain, got paid eighty four thousand. And yeah. Kevin Holland, who's you know five fights in the last six months, got paid a hundred uh, sorry fifty two thousand to show. Mm-hmm which seems quite low, but, um, I mean, obviously his popularity is skyrocketing, so it doesn't matter, but he got paid. So basically he got paid one-tenth of what JDS got paid. And if you dropped JDS from the, from the uh, roster, you could potentially pick up five, you know, five or four, three, four or five, like, prospects that are good. Yeah, and I think it's just, yeah, he's, he's a name and heavyweight's always bringing the money. Right? Like, heavyweight's always on the bigger the bigger deal so mm. and that's the thing i don't blame him obviously fighting like you know these guys like his career is mma right so in your career is a window and that's where you make most athletes make that sort of money it's not every mma fighter makes like money they can live off the rest of their life right mm. so i don't blame him. and and for a bit of context i feel like people probably listening going but with the knowledge that these last three three fights before that were in garnu blades and rosenstrike which is three people at the very top of the division. But I don't know. It's just like the, he's been at the top of the division for so long and he's been in there and he's done it all. And he's clearly not at that top level. So what are you fighting for? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is not to be a negative or I know better than them. It's just like... I don't it's just his time, man. Taking, it's just his time. I don't time. want to take more damage. Yeah, no. Like, I, no more damage. Like, you're not... You're, so, I think your your opinion on that is pretty much um, that of 
you know, 95% of people. Yeah. The, the, the people, the only people that want to see him keep fighting are people who just don't give a fuck about his health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously Dana's probably going to give him another five fights against up and coming killers. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. He'll be used as the, uh, the benchmark. If you can't beat him, then you get released. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, that won't happen. He'll, he'll, he'll get dropped. He'll get dropped. Um, so, all right, after that one, let's, let's keep going up the list. Uh, talked about game, Fazeev, Holland. The next one, I believe, was uh, Oliveira, Charles Oliveira versus Tony Ferguson. And I think it was Dern, right? The girls. Uh, I was going to circle back to... I was going to go back to that after. We didn't actually... Okay, okay. Do, you, do you recall, we didn't actually pick those fights because they, they were initially on the undercard they ended moved. up... Yeah, they got moved onto the main card and we didn't actually do, do tips on the girls. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if, if we knew they were going to be on the main card, we would have. Um, yeah. And I would have picked Mackenzie Dern probably by submission. <laughs> I don't know why they were buried in the prelims. It was weird. I didn't even notice. I don't know why. Mm. Dern's pretty well, especially in the jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure why, why they... Why and they were both black belts. And it was mm. a great fight. I mean, what an like, what an action-packed fight. How do, how do you say her opponent's name? Verna Jandiroba. That's it. Yeah. Look, I've I've seen her fight once before, and I think she won that fight by submission. But um, interesting character. <laughs> interesting character. That she was looks a <laughs> close fight. I don't like. Again, that one could have been like it was three rounds. Always. That one could have easily been a draw too. Like. Yeah, that was, just, was that was a good fight. That was a great fight. It was, it was so close, but I'm just glad Dern won because I think you know she's a name and it help, it just helps the women's straw rate division. Mm. The the thing I think Mackenzie Dern's game is starting to come together. Like it's clear she's um, the strength and conditioning program's working. Like she looks looks yeah. like she's a bit jacked in there now. And her, yes. her, her striking's improved. And also the yeah. thing that impressed me was her, she was able to blend her takedown attempts, like just the grappling, her, her defense and offensive um, takedowns has definitely improved, which is exactly what we saw from um, um, Brian Ortega recently. And that just showed yeah. a massive jump in his game because he went from being able to dominate them on the ground, but not really being able to get them there. Now yeah. he now he's able to get them there, and it seems to me like um, the the same thing is sort of developing from Mackenzie Dern, which means if that continues to grow and she can keep on uh, utilizing her jujitsu as much as possible while rounding out her other skills, she's yeah. gonna be she's gonna be dangerous. Yeah, well now I, I'd say after that performance, she's getting to the. I think again they've sort of taken their time with her, let her grow but i think she's with that performance now she's probably getting up into the higher end of the division was so, she was she uh, rebus is still in front of her so the girl at Re, uh, amanda rebus beat her um she's a ranked 11 at the moment and yeah rebus is just in front of her but so maybe even a rematch or looking she definitely needs to probably be looking higher up in the division now um mm. you've got tisha torres Rodriguez, Waterson, Hidalia, Antaroff. So there's a lot of names up there. So Michelle Waterson, what, what, what's Michelle's ranking? Because that would be a good fight. Seven. 
Michelle Waterson seven. Um, I don't know. That would be a great fight, though. I uh, I really like Michelle Waterson, so I don't. I, I always I always support her when she's fighting, and I'd like and I don't want to see her lose. But I think that um, it would be a difficult fight for her against um, Mackenzie Dern. I do worry. I still do worry about Dern against the elite strikers. Though mm. I have concerns. <laughs> like I don't know how she would have gone with a Rose or a Whaley. With like, yeah, or a Rose or a, a Whaley. A, a Rose or a um, Whaley. The difference between those girls compared to. Um, Michelle Waterson is that they they could start her, where Michelle Waterson yeah. like her kicks obviously could, but if she can stay, because obviously she's going to want to stay in the pocket to get to the takedown to take it to the yeah. floor against Michelle Waterson. So if she can stay at, at boxing range, she can probably eat some punches before she gets the takedown. Yeah. Whereas um, against um, Rose, Rose would probably sleep her. Yeah. And I think the women's divisions we need. Some challenging because right now there's three very clear champions, <laughs> like very clear. So, Shevchenko, um, Amanda Nunes, and who's the other? Whaley. Oh, yeah, John Whaley, yeah. They're just like, uh, Whaley's less cemented than the other two, but I mean, if you if I put it this way, they're heavy, heavy, heavy favorites, way more, way heavier favorites than any other champion, other than maybe Khabib. Yeah, I, I, Whaley and um, Rose Namajunas would be a great fight because they have similar styles. Yeah, I think that'd be uh, interesting. But the thing with Whaley, I think, is uh, if she connects early, then it could be night-night. But I think Rose, piggybacking off how Ioana went against Whaley, stayed in the fight, I mm. think uh, Rose could be very successful um, later on. I went... Later on, it goes. Sorry, that was a, that was that fight against uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Jacek, Joanna Jacek. That was yeah. a fantastic fight. And you remember, was it was that the fight where Jacek's eye was just blown yeah. up and she just looked like a cyclo- cyclops or something? Yeah, so, Jacek's eye was her head was uh, like she had a big lump on her forehead. It was quite the meme. Yeah, so, yeah, even, even though she hung in there, you know, like that's, I mean, she took a lot of damage, so I don't, who knows if Rose um, could hang in there like that or even if, if um, Jacek would be able to repeat that. Yeah, again, it was a close fight and I, I, do, um, I do think rematches can be very different. Mm. Oh, that's, that's the, very true. You've had the, the experience in there um, with the person, so... So I think if you can, anytime you lose to someone dominant, um, for example, Zahudo and uh, Demetrius, the first time Zahudo first jumped, Demetrius actually got more. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I watched that fight. I was like, oh, well, that's the end of him, like, for a while. And mm. came back and, yeah, it was a close fight, but he won, right? So, um, you know, if you want to keep fighting, you never know, comes back and, yeah, let let me be clear. When I say um, can uh, would Joanna be able to hang in there again? I don't I don't mean it from the perspective of can she compete with Zhang Weili because I definitely think she can. Whether she wins the fight or loses, I mean I'm not sure. Like you said, you're going to learn from um, you're going to learn from fighting someone previously coming back to do it again. You're going to learn from it. What I meant though was um, the amount of like damage she took on her face. Oh like, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. if if that was to occur again in that kind of a way, she you know in that moment that that might be too much. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know that was that was pretty touch and go. She was just like all heart to hang in there, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and and back to your point about like how there's not many. And it's hard to be champion for a long time. I think that's the biggest example. She was so dominant and Rose came along and then Rose got beaten. And then, what was it, a month later, Wei Lee became champion. So that belt's getting passed around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So, so, yeah. But that's the same, like you said, um, Wei Lee's not as cemented as the champion as what oh, um, yeah. Shevchenko and Nunes is. And the same can be said to the other girls as well in that division. Yeah, I just get more. I get more of a Shevchenko vibe from Whaley than I did off Rose. Like I didn't feel like Rose would be champion for forever. Whereas I got, I I get much. Oh, not forever, but for a long time, I get much more of a sense of Whaley that she could be champion for a while, especially after going that big fight with Joanna and pulling it out. Mm. Um, she can go all the way. She can get it done early. So. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so let's keep moving on, mate. Uh, how did we even get to that? We were talking about, I can't even remember how the girls came up. Um, oh, Mackenzie Dern. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, sorry. All right. Let's, let's keep moving on. Uh, one of the next fights that we actually did a pick on was um, Charles Oliveira versus Tony Ferguson. And that was, uh, that was a decision to Oliveira. And mate, that was a, a fantastic fight. Yeah, um, wasn't really competitive, but I think Oliveira came out and, you know, as I said last week, he hasn't, I don't feel like he's won that big fight and now he has. So yeah. He put himself at the top of the division. So I think all the, and then again, when I looked at it, uh, like uh, before the fight again, like he, he was fighting 145. He had eight issues. He had all these sort of issues and seems to have fixed them all up now. He has a very, uh, I feel he has a much better stand-up game and the ground game, the fundamentals were, were beautiful. The control was uh, fantastic. And, he, and he, some of his transitions from the arm bar to the attempted triangles to the all those transitions are very smooth. And to perform them on someone of Tony Ferguson's caliber, I think, was uh, was amazing. And I think he's definitely definitely in line now for, for a challenge. Mm. At... Uh, Potentially, if there's an interim title or a title up for grabs, I think he's put himself in the box seat. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and obviously, it's a there's recency bias uh, because you know next month we're going to see McGregor fight Poirier, and depending on how that fight goes and if there's a finish, the recency of bias will apply there. You know, and and Oliveira might not be the front runner, and instead maybe instead of getting a shot at the title. He might, as you said, get an interim shot against the winner of McGregor or um, Poirier. Yeah, that 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 to me is what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, <laughs> whatever you think, fighting Connor is sort of a title shot in itself. So oh man, yeah. To put himself uh, up there, I think. Now, I mean, I mean, more he's in the box seat to fight the winner of that for sure. Um, mm. it, we don't know what Khabib's doing, but um, I, I for one, don't. I know everyone. I don't know a lot of people think we've done, but I don't think he is, personally. I think he'll be around for one more or two more. But uh, yeah, I think with a performance like that, 100%, the winner of uh, Connor and 
and Poye will be potentially his next fight. But again, if Connor wins, it, it really does sort of depend what Connor wants to do sometimes. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> might go fight Jake Paul, you never know. Oh, mate, I, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I just I just don't want to see him get the satisfaction of getting to fight McGregor. You know, yeah. No, I, I think the fact he hasn't responded tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The guy responds to everything that he cares about. I think he just seems to say, He's like, who the fuck is that guy? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, so Charles Oliveira, he just went up four spots on the... Um, on the rankings, he's now number three behind Gaethje and Poirier. Obviously, Poirier scheduled to fight McGregor. Gaethje coming off a loss against Khabib is probably going to fight. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? The new dude, Chandler. Uh, Michael Chandler. So that's, I mean, that's probably who he's going to fight. What I wanted, looking at the rankings, the only person right now that doesn't have a fight scheduled is Dan Hooker at number six. Um, well, Gaethje doesn't, but we know who he's going to fight. Dan Hooker, has he just announced, I think, on Submission Radio that he has a fight scheduled. Uh, I haven't listened to the whole interview, but it didn't seem, the show notes didn't seem like he actually mentioned who it was scheduled against. Uh, do, you know, do you know the details of that? And if you don't, we can probably start having a pun at who it's going to be. Well, the fact... Sorry, he just lost the boy, eh? So you can rule out, um, you can instant, like I haven't heard who it is, um, being sort of kept under wraps, but you can rule out, uh, you can rule out Felder and you can rule out uh, Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Is that not going to happen? But the only thing I can suggest is it could be Chandler. Against Hooker. It could very, it could very well be Chandler in my mind because I think only going up, I can't see... Maybe Gage is taking time. Don't know, but I think it very, very easily could be uh, could be Chandler. What about uh, a potential for RDA? Yeah, I was about to say that. The only uh, other thing I can see is is him fighting RDA because remember he's coming off a, a loss, right? Yeah. So you've got at six, seven, and eight, you've got Hooker, RDA, and Paul Felder, right? Hooker is coming off a loss to Poirier, and he's at number six. RDA just beat Felder and Felder previously lost to Hooker. So, you know, it could make sense to see RDA fight Hooker to go up the rankings. Hooker coming off a loss, fighting someone beneath himself would make sense. And from Michael Chandler's perspective, um, you know, he probably thinks he's going to be a lot, a lot stronger than Hooker and might think that's a fight he can, he can win with um, um, distance management and wrestling. Yeah, uh, like it. So he, so that what I'm trying to say is that's a fight he might actually want to take. Yeah, I think uh, I think RDA does need to probably get a few wins under his belt, and I don't, and I think fighting Hooker is a good idea because I mean, but again, he, he's, this is his first sort of fight back down at lightweight, right? Mm-hmm. His last fight, I don't think he was. I think he was fighting at welterweight previously. So, so who, do, uh, who do you see, who would you see RDA fight? I know we're sort of moving away from the card right now, but who would RDA fight? Because everyone above him is either scheduled to fight, has just fought, and just doesn't seem like a fight that's going to happen. And so if you're looking 
at the people below him. Makachev? <laughs> Did he fight Makachev or was he scheduled to? I didn't fight him. So maybe he was scheduled to, but he hasn't fought. Uh, Makachev hasn't fought since September. So Yeah, I, I was looking at Makachev uh, thinking he could fight he's him. He's a but... name. Right? He's a name that's poking around because when I look at the ranking, I mean, I don't really like Benil Dario. She's been around forever. Kevin Lee is in a bit of a slump. Ayala Quinta. I mean, the only name I can see down there is probably interesting to anyone at the moment. Up top is Makachev. Other than that, I think RDS will either fight Hooker, probably, or he could fight Chandler. But I think Chandler may also take one of those lower-ranked fights to get a win on the board. Mm. be a case of that as well. Um, because, again, we don't really know where Gaethje's at at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. Lightweight division is real interesting, and especially Tony Ferguson getting beaten by Oliveira. Um I mean, Oliveira is in a good position. What, what did you actually think about his performance? Oliveira? Yeah. Yeah, as I said, he was clean. He looked good in the striking. He looked, I did... I don't know, I was a bit confused by Ferguson, to be honest. But maybe, maybe it was just the way Oliveira was, was fighting. But early on, like, I just feel like he, he... And he mentioned it in his Instagram post. It's like he didn't really get out of gear one, to be honest. And, and some of that, you have to credit Oliveira. But he took control of the fight from start to end and he showed up and was ready. Mm. But it was interesting and whether the the reason for that was Oliveira or he just didn't show up or whatever it was, he did I don't know about you, but he looked like he didn't look like normal Tony Fergus, put it that way. Because even in the Gaethje fight, he was there. Like he was mm. coming forward, he was I just felt that fight he just was it was like he wasn't um yeah. At the end of the day, you can't take anything away from Oliveira. He came, he showed up, he performed, and he 30-26, you know, across the board, he completely oh, dominated. dominated mm. and, and that's it. That's all you can do. The only way you will know is if Ferguson takes another fight. Mate, I would, up. Yeah. Mate, I would love to see, um, based on that performance and how he's been going recently, I would love to see Oliveira get... Um, another couple of fights. So like you mentioned, if, if Poirier and McGregor fights and then he gets the winner of that, if he wins that fight, um, he puts himself in a good position for Khabib to come back. Or if he fights, you know, a Chandler or Gaethje, depending on how that goes, um, that might be a fight Khabib's interested in. And Olivier, man, his grappling was, it looked real good. He's, he's top pressure. It's just, man, it's just real clean fundamentals. Oh, like, yeah. He, was, just looked, uh, he looked real good. I was fantastic. And I think, again, though, we're sort of going to run into the question, if, especially if he fights McGregor, you're going to have that classic top, top, top level striker versus top level uh, jiu-jitsu. And the funny thing about their careers sort of is Olivier's striking's evolved. And I think at the same time, you can say McGregor, you know, he's... Uh, training jiu-jitsu and training wrestling, I think that's evolved too. You know, some of the early defences, takedown defences and stuff against Khabib, I think you can see plenty of breakdowns where he did some good stuff. So mm. I think it'll make it an interesting fight because they both, they, they're what everyone refers to as their weaknesses aren't as much. Aren't as weak as what people first yeah. think. Yeah, I think people just assume with the McGregor, it's just like he's got no jiu-jitsu or no nothing, right? Yeah. And that, I think people watch that performance and again recency bias. They just think I think it's McGregor down, it's all over, right? 
Mm. But you know, if I'm if if it was McGregor to beat McGregor and Oliveira, I was saying to my mate on the weekend, I'd be asking for the big cage, not the little cage that you saw in the weekend. If you're McGregor, yes, I want yeah. the, the larger size cage because yeah, you know, he he likes that range where he can control that range and that distance. And I think having that that uh, you know the backup and with that because if Oliveira gets him on the fence. And there's nowhere to go. That's that's where, you know, he's going to be have a strong advantage, right? And I think that helped him on the weekend as well, when mm. he was getting in for those takedowns. Was uh, the cage was a smaller cage, and you saw it in the heavyweight fight. They looked like giant ormus in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that helped a lot too. So um, yeah, I think poor uh, Dustin Poirier. We're looking past him, but. I think the ideal thing for the division and what I want to see is McGregor win and fight Oliveira. That's what I'd like to see. Um, and then hopefully I, I, I want to see McGregor and Khabib again. But, uh, so you, you would like to see McGregor fight Oliveira before he gets another shot at Khabib? Well, I just don't think Khabib... I mean, oh, right, right, right. so unknown right now, right? I mean... Connor and the UFC would just prefer to go straight for the Khabib fight, right? Yeah, well, less less risk, more money. It's the fight he wants back. You know, yeah, of course. But yeah, the Oliviera fight. If if Oliviera got scheduled in against McGregor, mate, that would be a big fight. Yeah, I think. And at the end of the day, um, whichever way you want to look at it, Connor doesn't need. I'm saying, like, I mean, if you can get that win back against Khabib, that'd be great. But he doesn't need him. He can. If he can come back and just keep fighting and win a multiple fights and just you know keep having those big fights, they're they're spectacles and people remember them. Right? Mm. Um, I don't think if Connor fights another five times and wins them all against you know he fights Gaethje and he fights Poirier and they're all great fights and you know great knockouts or whatever. I, I don't know. I think obviously everyone will always look at it, that he lost to Khabib, but I think. Um, when he fights, people just want the entertainment of it. Mm. That makes sense. He's, yeah, he's of course. More, he's he's a prize fighter, right? Him and Khabib are that prize fighter level, where they come in and they fight. They can fight a few fights, whereas there's other people that, you know, they rack up that forty fights in their career because they're fighting every three months. Mm. Um. But yeah, I think Connor's on a trajectory to either get back to the Khabib rematch or just be the champion. I suppose. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. That that's that's a pretty good. Um, I think I think that's. And he wants to fight Pacquiao as well. <laughs> yeah, so he says though. I think that's. I mean, whether he does or not, I think it's a lot of that's just a um, you know headlines as well as um, you know making things a negotiation tactic with the UFC as well. Do they have the same management? So, um, I think there's definitely something there. Like, I think they want to do it. Um, and I like it way more than the YouTubers. Boxing. Oh yeah, like, like it's like it's fun because <laughs> it, yeah. like we know like they can't like kind of coming from a way more dangerous game. Where you know you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when you yeah. fought Mayweather, and people were like, oh, you know, you, you got your, you know, you lost that fight. You know, it was a fight or whatever. <laughs> if we did it the other way around, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone. You know, Ten rounds, nah. You'd twenty-five be... minutes or whatever it was, it would be over in about five seconds. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe that happens one day. But hopefully, we can keep him in the UFC 
for now. Yeah. What, what do you think about, uh, so final fight? Uh, so in that one, I, I picked Oliveira um, by sub or decision. And do you recall, uh, that was a, was that a, no, that was a three round fight, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you uh, recall I said three round fight? I think it'll probably be a decision because he won't get the chance to sub him. But if it was a four or five found, if it was a five round fight, I would think Oliveira would submit him in the fourth or the fifth. Yeah. Hey, I was on the money. <laughs> oh, I think to be honest, mate, I think he tried to submit him several times and he. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, if there was another, if there was another two rounds, he probably would have submitted him or knocked him out. Tony wasn't tapping, mate. No, well, that's that's true, man. That armbar. Heat, man, and credit to Tony. There was a few times there with a few sneaky dust attempts and stuff from the bottom. Yeah, but see, I, them, I, I, I looked at that man, and it's a, and for me that fight and the reason why I liked Oliveira is because I mean they're similar fighters, and Oliveira, like I said, is just kind of like a almost like a younger version of Ferguson that's a bit more uh, put together cleanly, yeah. in my opinion. And also, I feel like when you look at Ferguson's jiu-jitsu and Oliveira's jiu-jitsu, I, I think Oliveira's is, you know, heavy, heavy top pressure, very good fundamentals, very good connection, very good hip pressure, all that sort of stuff. He's just very, very good and keeps it relatively basic, where Ferguson is kind of like real scrambly with um, just a bag of tricks and like not saying the dar stroke is low percentage because it's not, but being on his back like that when he was trying to go for it, it was a very low percentage attempt. And just, yeah, it's, it's just like the old adage of, you know, fundamentals versus someone who hasn't got solid fundamentals, but have other tricks in their game. Fundamentals will always come out on top. Like long term, that's how I feel, man. I believe that. And Oliviera showed that. I saw a lot of people sort of say that. I think, I think at the end of the day, I think, I don't think, I think, People sort of, I don't know whether it's a 10th planet thing or whatever, but Ferguson's a great, like, great jiu-jitsu. To be honest, man, like, he defended himself pretty well against someone that was you know, clearly on top, had most of the pressure. Um, mm. and, and I just think at the end of the day, Ferguson didn't really get out of the gates and maybe it was a bit of the last loss or whatever. But I don't think... I'm not going to say that Ferguson's jiu-jitsu is not... He doesn't have any. I, I think it's a bit discrediting to say he doesn't have the fundamentals because I think he does. I think we can't just off one fight be like, no, he doesn't have. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not saying he doesn't have fundamentals. I'm just saying that I don't think it's as solid and as well put together. I think it's that obviously he's got fundamentals, but I also think he's got a lot of tricks and and scrambles that that carry him a lot. Like you think about his Imanari roles and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like that's not necessarily fundamentals that's kind of like just diving on shit and hoping it works <laughs> oh, i think it's oh yeah i think it's more than diving on shit hoping it works I, <laughs> like, I don't know i just think i don't know, i feel like i just sit this vibe and again i said after the last fight it's just like now it's like oh it's all of a sudden i get this speaking of people with like focus is not that good anymore it's just like yeah. He lost two, two fights. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's true. Two Before fights. That, in, like, two, wow, two, yeah. 12 fight win streak. Um, he's like, what, 37 now. So he's definitely aging. Like, it's just, it's one of, maybe it's just, maybe his age has just got to him now. And it's like the, the damage he took in the Gaethje fight. 
it was just a little bit too much. And he, after that fight, this is what, six months later, five months later? Yeah, I mean, he had plenty of time. Um, Do you think that's think enough time? He got fucking, like, bashed by Gaethje. Yeah, I agree. But I, I don't know. It's hard to tell because I'm not in their body. I don't know what it feels like. But, um, mm. again, I think just I, I still feel that a little bit with the Tony Ferguson thing, there's that recency bias we talked about before where people now just... Writing him off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, look at like Kevin Lee, the triangle that he got on him and stuff. That was beautiful. Like, you know, he's got plenty of re-naked chokes on his record. You know, all the... I think he has a lot of technique and the techniques he uses to train and he knows how to execute them. I think just in this fight, Charles Oliveira on the day was better and he used his, his jiu-jitsu game on the day was better and more put together than Tony Ferguson's was on the day. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I can't I, disagree with I you. I don't that. take away anything that Ferguson does. Um, and I just saw it on Twitter a little bit people saying he's not as good as people think or whatever, yada, yada, yada. The guy went on a massive win streak. He was winning by decisions, KOs, you know, submission, everything. Submissions. He, he's a phenomenal fighter. He has great technique. He has fundamentals of MMA in general. Um, I think he just lost to two very high-level fighters and he's getting up there in eight. And that's it. It's as simple as that. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't think it's anything to do with his his skill. He has the skill to fight at that level. At the end of the day, he didn't get finished either, right? Mm. So he stayed oh, and, 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 and there's no there's no question about his... Um, I've kind of, t- uh, you know, maybe I'm, I was being a little bit harsh because I don't disagree with what you're saying. I definitely think Oliveira's got better fundamentals. I definitely think that. But, I th- yeah, I think you are right. Maybe I'm, I'm a little bit harsh in the way I delivered that. But Ferguson, you know, <laughs> where does he go? Where does he go now? I'm not Who- sure. Um, I mean, if he wants to keep fighting. But, again, he's seeing, like, on... He took it on his stride on Instagram and he sort of said that maybe he, like, he, he sort of addressed that he didn't. And it's what I was wondering because I felt like he didn't get out of the gates like he normally does with pressure. And again, hard to say because I don't want to take anything away from Oliveira. He was easily the better fighter on the night. Mm. But maybe he takes a step back and he fights someone and, and just see like, you know, where he's at. He fights someone where he can get some confidence back or, or whatever it is. But, um, at the moment, he's in a bit of a tough spot, and he, and again, he's up there in age, and um, I'm the poor guy. The amount of times that the Khabib fight didn't happen, <sighs> I mean, he, he the, the the thing I feel like people forget about him and don't like, forget that fight felt through so many times, and um, when he won that interim lightweight championship, like he should have been fighting for the real championship, right? Um, and I felt like he just kept fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting until the point where finally he lost. And then all his credit, all his thing that he built up just went pummeling down. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. Never got, he never got that fight that he was supposed to have. And and they were both at fault. They both pulled out. Yeah. Two yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I feel for the guy there. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a tough go. He kept fighting. He kept doing everything right and it just unfortunately when it hit Gaethje it just fell apart because it never made one loss and you know unless you kind of go one loss and it's all over for a while anyway 
Yeah, for sure. You know, you don't really typically get a title shot off a loss anyway. You gotta, you gotta, depending on who you are and where you are, you gotta fight once or twice more. You know, especially if you're up up the top of the division. What? Yeah, and I think he gets a lot. He'll get a lot of um, pull with Dana, and he'll, he'll be able to get back up there quickly because he's a company man. He he keeps taking the fights. He didn't wait. It's like Conor when he fought Diaz, right? He, like he was supposed to be fighting for the the to fight for the lightweight title, right? And then mm. on short notice, he accepted the Diaz fight and did, did what's best for the company and for the fans, and he lost, right? And then he was rewarded. He got to fight him again, and then eventually he got his title shot at the end. And I think that's what Dana will do with Ferguson. He'll give him all the opportunity in the world to get back up there. It's just really up to him um, if he can win those fights. Mm. What do you think about uh, Kevin Lee as an opponent to Ferguson? Mm, maybe I don't it's tough yeah maybe they come full circle I say I say that Ferguson obviously coming off a loss Kevin Lee's also coming off a loss to Charles Oliveira um and his career's been a little bit up and down but you know Tony Ferguson at number four Kevin Lee at number 11 Looking down the list, that one makes sense. Maybe, maybe they throw Makachev at Ferguson instead of Makachev at RDA. I think he should get a win on the board. Um, again, and what does that do for Kevin Lee's a confusing one to me. I don't really know where that guy is. Uh, <laughs> he had all this promise, and it's just been a really interesting few years. He changed trainers, and you know, then he got that big KO kick over Gregor Gillespie, and then. Yeah. Against Oliveira, he got caught in that guillotine, and yeah. uh, but yeah, maybe maybe even RDA uh, Ferguson can fight. That would um, be a good fight. I would be keen on that fight for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think but, uh, the Kevin Lee fight could be good because he has experience. He's won that before, so we had confidence. Um, yeah, I just think he needs a little bit of his confidence back in. I think the other thing that he lost when he lost to Gaethje is he lost that aura that he had mm. of that zombie that like comes forward and just like you you will get shots off, but he will come back and he will get the better of you, sort of thing. Yeah, and I and I don't know if you know in that fight, but I thought Charles Oliveira had zero respect for him. He just went at him and and he took him down and he. He went for everything, and I feel like sometimes, you know, I think the Gaethje fight probably gave Oliveira a world of confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, he definitely would have had confidence having watched that. He would have, that would have been a sigh of relief compared to seeing Ferguson. You know, if, if Ferguson didn't fight Gaethje and you look back at his previous fights and then you're coming up against him, it's like, oh shit, you know, like this one's a tough one. Yeah, and so, none of this is none of this again taking away from Oliver. It's just the reality of, of you know, oh, the circumstance that the fights right. that yeah, from from all angles, of course. Um, and you know, we say that I think Oliveira has potential to beat both Poirier and Ferguson, and even compete against Khabib if Khabib comes back. I'm not saying he's going to beat Khabib, but I think he's, I think his grappling is probably better than what we've seen Khabib fight so far. So who knows? Yeah, so, the yeah but Khabib, like you said, got to look at it from all perspectives. The thing from Khabib, 
there's three things I want to see, see Khabib deal with, just for curiosity and to uh, because I haven't seen it. Yet. I really want to see him fight like someone like maybe an Oliveira, like a really good guard player, a really good jujitsu from their back game, like really high level. Two, I want to see him fight a wrestler, like a strong wrestler, like a the level like Usman or Covington, like that level wrestler. Just again, this is just to see um, how he goes because he might just completely destroy them, and then we're like, wow, could be really that good. And then I also want to see could be have a rematch where someone has the feeling of what it's like to fight him has the footage of what 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 went down in the fight and then you know those are three challenges i think would be interesting to see could be sort of face to finish off his career for me yeah anyway. yeah i, I like i like aaron's, that idea too if there was an aaron's wish list and it could be had three fights that's my three fights and again if you lost them, I don't know who cares. Like- for, for, for me on those, on those ones, if I'm looking at a rematch, um, I, I like, I li- I'd like to see the McGregor rematch just because it would be a massive fight. Um, but yeah. if Poirier beats McGregor, Poirier versus um, Khabib would be interesting. That's probably the only other one that um, stands out to me as something I would want to see. Cause, and when you remember, um, Poirier almost did get in with a gear team and, and he, mm-hmm. he got submitted, but he still had his moments. Um, so that might be interesting to run back, especially if he, you know, knocks out McGregor and has a heap of hype and then that would build that fight. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. So Colby, if he fought, if he was to fight Covington or, um, uh, Usman, he'd have to go up a weight class to do that. So I would be keen on that as well. Um, anyway, they could meet maybe. What about Gilbert Burns? If Gilbert Burns, right now, if he goes up to, um, if he goes up to welterweight, he's definitely going to be fighting Kamara Usman because he's the champion and he will definitely get a title fight. But if Gilbert Burns or Covington ends up with a belt, that could also be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and to me, like I, I don't know, it's hard because to me, in my world, if he goes up and fights Usman and goes up a weight challenge himself and he loses his stock does not go down in any way shape or form because it's a lot like he can sit in his division and or a fighter can sit in the division and stay comfortable but going up and challenging you know someone that's bigger than you and same sort of got that high level wrestling I think Khabib's at that stage now where he needs that new challenge you know what I mean? That's mm. why I was surprised he retired. Because to be honest, I think he's not. I don't think he should retire. I think he's ready to retire. I think he's ready for the next challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Like he's at that stage where he's been so dominant that it makes sense for him to go up. Uh, but I think the retirement was probably more. Um, to the fact that right now in the lightweight division, it's we're not exactly clear who should fight him. Like, you know, looking at the table and everything that's going on right now, it's like a few things need to happen for there to be one person that's the guy that he fights. And also at that point in time, he just lost his father as well. So, he, that, you know, that there's perhaps some emotional, um, um, an emotional decision as well. Yeah, well, that's what Dana said. He said there's a lot of emotion there and he'll give him, like he believes him that he was retired, but... He said in interviews that he's spoken to his mother and stuff and that the decision's not final. And that's why they're keeping the title in his hands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Dana's pretty confident he will come back for what he comes back for, whatever. But I, I don't know. I don't think he's done yet, personally. But we'll see. I respect his decision either way. He wants to retire. I mean, if, as Dana always says in MMA, if you're you don't want to fight anymore, your heart's not in it. It's a good time to hang it up. Yeah. The sport to hang around. In. Yeah, it's one of those things. Though, like as fans, like selfishly, we want to see him fight. Um, but if if retirement's what he genuinely really wants, then you know, so be it. Thank, thanks, well, for your, thanks for your service, mate. It's well appreciated. <laughs> he's not one of those ones that you look at and like, oh, he's had so much damage. He should no, yeah. He could win another five fights. You know, he, he, he's, yeah. he's at that point, he could fight five more times if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah I think he, he could fight many, many, many more times because he just hasn't had the damage that other fighters have had. Like, uh, he's the one issuing out there. He he's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like sometimes you're the nail, sometimes you're, you're the hammer. Khabib is always the hammer. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know. All right, so we mate, we've got one more fight to break down. We're still on two, five, six. We've gone everywhere. I hope the listeners are keeping up with us. Um, this one, last one, is Figueredo versus Brendan Marino, and uh, we both said that Figgy would get the dub, and um, we were right. Well, he retained the belt, but it was a majority draw, and it was a cracker of a fight. Um, what, what best fight? Best fight in flyweight history. Um, perhaps, perhaps it could be considered fight of the year as well. What did you think about it? Well, again, the fight of the year, I suppose, recency bias again. But well, I mean, what, what a, what a fight! Like again, I was saying it to my mate, and I was saying it because we were. The reason I keep saying it is I watched the fights with one of my close mates. Um, I was saying like Moreno is not going to go down like the other guys. Yeah, that, that kid is a typical Mexican warrior. He's like. Very much like Nate Diaz in that he just doesn't go down. Like mm. it takes a lot to put him down. And Figueredo, I sensed he was getting frustrated. Um, I think he was a little frustrated personally, like towards the the last few rounds. That and as well, I think he was enjoying it as well, the challenge. But um, good on Moreno. I mean, he was right in there. And I think the in regards to the point, I think that was a fair, the correct decision. To take the take point the, away for the low blow, because, yeah. And not because, yeah. I don't think he intentionally did it, but I think that when you look at the point, I think Moreno at that point in the fight, the fight was turning towards him. He looked the fresher of the fighter. Like I felt Figueredo was really loading up early and Moreno was really starting to look good. And then you get kicked like that. And then Figueredo, not only does Moreno have to recover from that, which no one's recovering in five minutes, but you're yeah. five minutes to rest and recover, right? So now you, you're a compromised fighter coming out and bursting a fighter that just got five minutes rest. Yeah. So I just thought that was the, the very, uh, I was like, wet. I didn't even think of it. Um, I was just really impressed with the, the way the uh, ref handled that because um, I think it was just, I think it needs to happen more, yeah. especially with these really light folks where the fighters clearly got like a really bad eye and then they're not getting compensated for it yet. Um, they get time to recover, but they're, they're diminished. I don't know about you. When he was coughing, I thought they were going to call it. 
I thought I, I thought he was about to throw up. You know, like because yeah, if you get if you get hit low like that, like if you if anyone's been hit low playing your footy or anything like that or cricket even, if you get hit real good, you can throw up from it. And it, he was like you said, starting to cough. I was thinking, oh shit, he might throw up here. And obviously, if he threw up, that fight was going to be called immediately. I was I was shocked. I said as I said to my mate when I was getting ready to go because I was like, this is done. Like there is, I was like. When he was coughing, I was concerned. There's no way he's continued. Because remember, he's wearing a cup too. Mm. So it's not like he took it straight, you know, to his uh, area. He just, he had a cup there as well, and he was still coughing that bad. So um, I thought it was done there, but, you know, credit to him. And then he came out, and in the, I think the next round, he really rocked Figueroa. Yeah. Um, and, Mate, he's uh, he's good. He's he's real good. Like what we what we talking about um, in the weeks prior, we broke down Brandon Marino versus um, Brandon um, Roy Val. Yeah. And do, do you remember I was talking about how when he, um, Brandon Marino fought Kai Kara France, he kind of intimidated yeah. him a little bit and looked real like staunch and like you know. I said Roy Val can't be intimidated. And then coming into um, the Marino versus Figueredo fight, I was saying the number one thing Marino has to do is to not look like he's intimidated. Because Figueredo, if if he knows you're intimidated, you're not in a good place. And Marino definitely was not intimidated. No, man. He's he's there to fight, man. He's all in. And I, I don't know if people noticed as well, but some are like, he really used some good defensive boxing when Figueredo was throwing. Like, I don't know if people noticed, like, he had his hands up at his head and he was trying to bounce some of them off the shoulders and stuff like that. Um, and and as well, he's got a rock-solid chin because he took some of them like a champ. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I think they have to redo that fight again. And um, I think it was just just so good to see someone... We, we could have very easily had a division where we just have that one guy at the top and yeah. he just destroys everyone because everyone's intimidated. And Moreno didn't care. He just did not care. Well, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, like, Figueroa had a bit of bit of a hype going and, you know, he was establish, establishing himself in the division and we were talking about Cody Garbrandt fights and all that sort of stuff. And as um, I think I was listening to Helwani and DC and DC was saying, like, we don't you don't need him to fight uh, Cody Garbrandt now because he's established himself. The, the division's exciting. He's established himself as the champion. He's had yep. Brandon Marino fight, and now they're going to run that back. And if he wins that fight, then the Cody Garbrandt fight would, you know, is most likely what's going to happen. Um, but who, who do you think wins the rematch? Um, I want Marino to win. I'm you want Marino to win it? I think, I don't know, like, I like Figueroa, but I just really, that performance was just, for me, it really, like, it made, like I was a fan of that, like, I like, I watched some of his fights, and I liked him before, but after that fight, I mean, mm. how can you not, how can you not, like, I just, I just really like how a lot of people just thought, you know, Figueroa is going to come in and do what he always does, and he just, just no, nah, no, nah, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm game, and he took, he took Figueroa's best shots. He, he, he took dished out his own. And he just, and he dished back just as good. And I mean, in that round four, I think round four, when he rocked him, I was just like, oh, he might finish him. 
and he, I mean, imagine he finished figure eight. That would have been insane, eh? <laughs> that would be insanity. And I, and I really wonder now, does Suhudo really want to come back? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, he, he's, I think he's been really focusing on boxing. So, you know, for MMA, obviously, yeah. but perhaps he will, um, Suhudo might be trying to get a boxing fight. I don't, I'm not sure. I know he's been focusing on it, though. I think you. I think you'll come back, but I think to be honest, he was just, he's waiting for something. Like the ideal thing, what probably would have been Figueredo beat Moreno, and then Figueredo <laughs> beat another few people, and then thing he came back and they had that big fight. Yeah, but I'm kind of hoping because I don't mean I don't really care. Like to me, Zahudo uh, is not like he's not like a McGregor in the sense of he doesn't have the same appeal. Like I'm, I think the division's going fine. Without mm. <laughs> look at those two. Like you got Kai Kara France in there. You've got all these young guys that are willing to throw, and and they're entertaining. And I've we've seen it over the last few few fights. They've all been entertaining, um, yeah. and they're willing to fight often as well. Um, they're all like they're all game, and they don't care about a loss on their record. Um. Like Figueredo and stuff could have just had a great Christmas and gone. Yep, we've we've handled the year well. And the nut, they just got back in there and, and scrapped scrapped it out on like what twenty one days notice or something. Yeah, like credit to Figueredo, I think, for putting the title on the line straight away. Well, when he could have probably probably waited for a Garbrandt and maybe got more money. Then I, to be honest, I don't want to see that. I wanted to see this fight, and I'm happy we did because. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to see the Garbrandt fight. It's, yeah. Yeah. Figueredo, it's interesting, man. If, if he runs it back with Marino, I'll, I'll be going for Figgy. Um, but I'm a fan of both the guys. And it's going to, I'll just be, I'll just be watching as a fan as well. Because that was the one the weekend that was fantastic. And running that back is going to be a fight that, it'll be a big fight, man. After, after how close that was and how good that was of a fight, when they run it back, it's going to be, a pay-per-view, and it's going to be a big fight. Yeah, well, I think in the second fight, I think Figueredo will know he'll have to be a bit more selective with his shots. I think he went out there with the same sort of I'm coming forward, I'm going to hit you and you're going to go down mentality. Mm. And I think Moreno, it's very, Moreno is very similar to Diaz. It's going to take selective shots. Like you're going to have to be very selective with how you're hitting it because he's not just going to go down. Um, they're durable and, and he hits back well, he defends well. So I think he'll probably just figure out his power. If he connects clean and he connects often, eventually anyone will go down. Mm. So I think, uh, I think that's where in the next fight game planning will sort of come in. And remember we spoke about in the last podcast, they only had a month. So how much game planning and drilling of the game plan did they have inspiring, not much. Right. Exactly. Now, now they're going to have a full fight camp, but in addition to a full fight camp, they're going to have the previous experience of having been in there with each other. Yes. And what do you think Figueroa is going to do? COVID there, like if they can, yeah, he's probably going to get in a Mexican style boxer, durable guy, similar to Moreno's style, and spar the hell out of him. Mm. And, and, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, and Moreno is probably going to train with a heavy hitter that comes forward. And has little respect for you, right? And they're both, I suppose, going to be more, do more sparring and more training. And I think you're going to probably see more 
game plan because that was just a scrap. I didn't really see much of a game plan from either. I just saw both of them like, and that's what made it so fun. Yeah. We're in here to fight and one of us is going to go down and none of them went down other than Moreno. I think, yeah, that but it, be, it being a scrap, I think came down to um, Figueredo applying, you know, probably more pressure than Moreno f- applied, especially early on. But, but Moreno wasn't intimidated and instead of backing away, he stayed in the pocket and was trading. Like, and as you mentioned, Figgy started to get a little bit frustrated. Um, obviously, he was enjoying the fight, but I think, that's, I think that's definitely true. I think there was an element of Figueredo being a little bit frustrated. But maybe, maybe he didn't expect Marino to be able to hang in there and be as game as what he was and thought maybe he'd break him. Yeah, but, as I said. But didn't. Some of Marino's boxing defense was just amazing. Like, you know, bouncing some of the shots off the shoulders, having the hands up when they're hitting the hands and stuff like that. I think he just, uh, he wasn't, he was basically some of the Figueredo's hits were hitting him cleanly. But, you know, if you're throwing a full power shot and it doesn't connect with the hands, that's energy you're wasting. Mm. And I think Moreno did really well and really smart to go, to stay in there. And then, as I said, when he got to the fourth round, he very well could have gone close to finishing him. Um, obviously, obviously he didn't. But and the other thing is, Figueroa was in the hospital till two a.m. the night before with a stomach illness. Um, so what factor did that play? I don't know. And he went straight to the hospital after, so he was unwell. Um, but it didn't seem to bother him too much. Mm. He looked like the same Figueroa to me. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did. Um, so. If, I mean, that wraps up our picks, at least on this fight card. Um, I'll say it now. I think on the first one that we sat down and did, we got, I think we got four out of six each in the previous one. Um, yeah. So we were tied on points. And on this one, I got four out of five and you got three out of five. So right now, I'm plus one on you. So the next, the next pay-per-view is obviously the McGregor card. So we'll when we do the next podcast, we'll be breaking that one down and, you know, we'll probably, that'll be a good one to break down. Maybe we'll even get Matt on and do all three of us to do that one together. And um, I'll see if I can extend that um, lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're starting to get some, uh, get some fights on that card too, which is, uh, which is, which is nice. Again, it's not going to be, and, it, and the card's out now. It's not, I don't, it's not going to be a heavy card. But because of McGregor on the card, he takes most of the money. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting card up next for predictions for sure. Yeah. Um, so where to from here, mate? Um, if we finish t- on two five six, the last thing I wanted to talk about was our boy Cub Swanson. We didn't break him down last week because, as we mentioned before, um, when it came to Mackenzie Dern, they weren't on the main card. So prelims we don't break down. Um, Cub Swanson, man, I was, I'm a, ma- I'm just a fan of that guy, man. When he fights, I want to see him win. I really like him, and so I was just stoked after him doing his ACL, having a having a loss, and then coming back and winning, but then getting the ACL injured. It was just good to see him back in there and to get a KO finish. Yeah, man, it's good, good to get back. I mean, he beat Cron as well recently, um, well, <laughs> a year ago, but um, when he's coming off, he, he had those four straight losses. Um, and it really kicked off with the Ortega loss, and he didn't take that Ortega loss very well. I remember, I don't know who was telling, but um, when the UFC was posting that on Instagram, he was 
he commented a few times. He was upset about his hand was a fluke and he was lucky and stuff like that. Um, that was the standard so, yeah. guillotine against the cage, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He jumped, jumped guillotine, yeah. Yeah, he was very dismissive of what happened. And then, I mean, from that, he lost another three, right? So, um, he's, I mean, he seems to have turned it around a bit now. Uh, but he's getting up there in uh, getting up there in, in age, 37. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe to be honest, it's probably a good way to go out. Like, that big KO. I mean, you could say that, but I... I... I don't think Cub Swanson. I mean, it might be it might be good timing for him to go out, but I don't think he's at the stage where um, he's a concern and we need him to retire. Oh no, no, definitely not. But I'm just thinking, like for for him, like uh, depends depends what he wants to do. But I suppose do we see him in the title picture anytime soon? Nah, 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 nah. nah. He's not going to. I mean, like, uh, he, he won't fight for another title, man. I don't think that'll ever happen. Yeah, do, you, do you remember when he was in the line for the title and at the press conference, I remember kind of saying he's going to freight, bake a freshly made pie. Uh-huh. And he gets the title. Like, that's when I, I just remember that. Every time I see Cub Swanson's uh, face or name, it just reminds me of freshly baked pie. <laughs> smack it in his face. I was just like, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, like, good, good on him. Good, good, uh, Good win, and I mean, if he wants to keep going, there's nothing really, really stopping him from, you know, fighting. Still, mm. he's, he seems like he's all there, and he's not taken that much damage. But I would like to potentially see him soon. Maybe walk away. He's getting up. He's getting up there in age. But that Du Ho Choi fight will live down in Liga. and round two as well, bro. That that fight. Oh. Even the Artem fight, the Artem fight after, he had two of the classic fights back to back. Yeah, and I remember listening to, I think it might have been one of um, Dan Hardy's Raptors. You know how Dan Hardy has these little guys that do the media stuff here when he refers to them as the Raptors? I think one of those guys, uh, because I watch a lot of their stuff on Full Reptile on the YouTube page. I I watch most of their stuff, to be honest. Um, yeah. One of the guys was saying when they introduce someone or a friend to MMA and someone says, oh, well, what fight should I watch? The fight he tells them to watch is Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, that's definitely a good one to tell people to watch. Oh, so right. if, you, was- if, you, if you're listening and you haven't seen that fight, go and watch it. Um, and to be honest, that fight, you're more watching for Duho Choi. Like what, what heart can that kid? Mm. Like when he fought, like I mean, kid he's 29 he's older than me but when he fought cub he was like that and i mean he he was very game um i mean after that it was a bit of a rough uh rough bit of a slide confidence not yeah he's lost to uh stevens and charles jordan since and hasn't fought since december 2019 so almost Mm. a year um but yeah still he'll always We'll always have that on his legacy, one of the greatest fights of all time. Mm. Speaking of um, Charles Jourdain, our man uh, Josh Coolabout obviously fought him recently. Um, yeah. And I noticed to on... Draw. Excuse me? Yeah, to a draw. Fought him recently to a draw. Um, and, then re- and then recently on the weekend, Chase Hooper got that uh, heel hook over Peter Barrett. And mm-hmm. I, I saw on Instagram that Coolabow, Josh Coolabow, was calling out Chase Hooper. 
What do you think about that for a matchup? Good matchup. Why not? Why not? I think, uh, I mean, that chase, that i got to give it to him. That, that was a really nice, uh, really nice submission. The dive for the leg. Um, sometimes you see some of them. I feel like that one, if you, if you get that wrong, <laughs> you just look like an idiot, right? Like if you dive for the leg like that and you miss, <laughs> you're just flat on your back on the floor. And, I mean, he got it and it didn't take long. It was a beautiful heel hook, right? Yeah, for sure. But the, the problem is with Chase Hooper, like he's he's still young. He's not full, fully developed physically. Um, so I think maybe strength might be a bit of an issue. And that he got that submission and the heel hook was great. But it was three minutes into the third round and he was losing the fight and had lost all rounds up until that point. I agree. But the, again, like, okay, that's, that's fair. But... One, I mean, one. I suppose it goes the other way as well. He got the job done, right? He, yeah, he no, 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 no. I'm not, not, not taking anything away from. I him. He's, he's yeah. definitely improving. His striking's improving, and he obviously his wrestling and striking is a massive, um, uh, you know, the, the biggest part of what he would be trying to improve so that he can, you know, survive and then utilize his jujitsu. But yeah, um, my my point is, if he actually fights against Josh Coolabaugh. That would be an interesting matchup because Josh is going to want to keep it standing and yeah. Hooper's going to want to take it to the floor. And I could see, I could see um, Josh knocking him out or, or winning that fight, like cruising to a, um, in a similar fashion, cruising to an easy decision win. Yeah, but, and I think... But if, Hooper, think- if Hooper takes it to the floor based on... Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, Josh. I gotta say it, brother. But but based on if he's listening, based on Jordan versus Coolabout and their grappling exchanges, I think that Hooper's Chase Hooper's jujitsu is is probably better than both of those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean the thing with uh, Chase as well, he's only twenty one, so um, he's he's a young guy and he's and he's evolving. But what I meant by you know he got the job done, I think it's always a good sign that. Even though he was down, he he was still in it and he found a way. That yeah, makes sense. yeah, yeah. Fought through uh, the adversity, he, didn't give up, was in the fight. Yeah, hundred percent, man. It, it's and, it's good to see that he can do that. And now he can take that. He can take that. Listen, like imagine, imagine you, you know, like how, um, Carvana says you win or you learn, right? Mm. He losing majority of that fight. He still got the W. And now he's got three minutes of footage or three rounds of footage of what he did wrong. So he, he sort of like, he sort of like, lo- like learned a strong lesson of where he was weak. And he also got the W. So he hasn't affected his re- resume. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It was such a big win-win team. And that's where I think you will have, it's an, it's almost an advantage when it comes to coming into your next fight because He's not resting on the fact that oh, I had a dominant win. He still got the win, but he still got areas to improve. And at 21, I mean, most of the, I mean, you look at all the world champions, and most of them aren't world champions at 21. I mean, mm. you got people like John Jones and all that. But um, yeah, I think I think he, that's a good fight to make. And they're both young. Josh is only 26, I think. All right. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, about, about that. Uh, but yeah. the, like, when it comes to Hooper, I think if if you're you know Josh calling him out is it's a good call out because if you're going to fight Chase Hooper, yesterday was a good time to do it. 
you know, because he's, yeah. like you said, he's 21. He'll be developing very quickly. Obviously, he's, you know, trying to um, get better at everything. And, you know, imagine where he's striking and wrestling is going to be in five years' time. And then when you add his jiu-jitsu into it, if he's, if he's still in the UFC, doesn't take too much damage and can get to the next three, four, five years and grow into his full body, I mean, at that point, it's going to be a very, very difficult fight. Yeah, man. Um, and I suppose it's probably a good thing for Josh as well if he sees areas where he thinks he can win because obviously he had the loss and then the draw. So he's in an interesting spot um, at the moment. Like mm. if he loses that fight, it's a lose, draw, lose. So no wins in sort of his last three fights. Um which I suppose with the UFC announcing like, cuts and stuff. I mean, and this is the business side, but I think that's a great fight because if he wins over a name like that, he's going to really secure his his name and then mm. he's going to be able to take that next fight. And I think that's big for anyone that's climbing up the rankings. If you can get a name, there's not many people like a Chase Hooper that's that low sort of in the rankings and that fresh that have that name. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a pretty with the whole Askren thing. He's a pretty well-known name, so it's a smart call out. Whether it works, we shall see. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think it's definitely a good call out, and um, you know, as you said, you know, Coolabah can win that fight for sure, and and so can Hooper. It'll be a good fight because it's a clash of styles. They both have they both have a method of victory. They both probably have a clear understanding of what each other's method to victory is. Yeah, and so it's an interesting fight. Let's see it, Dana. Hey, Shelby, let's make that fight. <laughs> hey, I'm just really Josh. So Josh hasn't won in the UFC yet. Well, he's had two. He's had two. He's had two yeah, fights. Two the fights. first one was fighting at lightweight, and he's a featherweight on short notice against the, tall, the tallest lightweight in the division. Um, and that didn't go his way. And then obviously he had the fight uh, against Jordan, and that was a draw. So even if he even if he loses his next fight. I don't think he'll, I mean, because there's a lot of cuts going on that it's definitely, you'd be nervous to lose your third fight. If you're a loss and a draw and then a loss, you'd be nervous. Yeah. But I, I would think that he, unless he gets absolutely dominated, I think he would probably get a fourth fight based on the draw, based on the first fight being upper division. I reckon he'd get a fourth fight, but if he was to lose two in a row at that point, I mean, prob, you know, you probably would get cut. Yeah, and again, like I know he's been on the podcast and stuff, so I'm not talking negative, but just the reality, right? Of, yeah, like, no, yes, mate, you know the way the UFC, the UFC works, um, especially with this COVID thing. Dana has pretty much said they're going to cut a bunch of people, and and I want, you know, I want any, especially Australian MMA fighters. I want like when Whitaker was champion, like how good was it? Now you got Volkanovski, mm. so uh, I'm all on board with these guys. Um, coming up and uh, hopefully yeah i think chase hooper is a, a smart fight and and hopefully even if you lost that fight if it's a like a brawl like a or like a really fun fight you're fine yeah that's the thing like if you have a fun fight you're always going to be fine why do you think uh what's his name uh mike perry sticks around so long because it's always a some odd spectacle that's going to happen some weird yeah. thing even though He's not really that good of a fighter. He's, he's just must-see TV, you know? <laughs> he is. But yeah, don't, you can don't stress him on the early card. You're not... Yeah. You're not um, I don't think Josh would be offended if he heard this. And we're having a conversation and, the, you know, we've got to speak um, 
genuinely, otherwise listeners are just going to go, what the fuck are these guys talking about? If you're just completely biased, it's, it's going to be ridiculous. So well, you gotta, he's, got, he's got more MMA wins than I'll ever, than I'll ever have. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, eh? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, you know, so he doesn't have to worry about me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a solid fight. The, the only thing you've got to worry about is Eagle MMA is not very far away from higher jiu-jitsu, so you could jump on that Bondi Junction train, mate, and be in the city in no time. So if he walks into the academy, boy, you are in trouble. <laughs> Can he swim? Uh, I'll just jump in I, the ocean uh, and swim away and I'll be safe. I, 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 he probably can <laughs> swim, but I'm confident in saying he can't swim like you can swim. Yeah, I'll just, he, he, you literally could eye drag eye. him into the deep waters and drown him, that's for sure. No. <laughs> no. I won't be picking a fight with him anytime soon, that's for sure. And if I do, or something did happen, I would be swimming into the ocean where I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be... You're not picking a fight, but I'm socially engineering it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, would, I wouldn't run away. I would swim away. Yeah, fair call. Um, all right. So last thing I wanted to ask you about, well, two things. How much time do we have? We've been on, we've been on for about an hour and 20. You got another 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Yeah, uh, let's do it. I was going to ask you this because this, we're going to drop this tomorrow. So we've got UFC fight night, Thompson versus Neil. Um, okay. We're not going to do picks on that because it's not a uh, pay-per-view, but what fights are you interested in seeing on that card? Thompson. <laughs> I love Stephen Thompson. Like, mm-hmm. the, Why is the that? Kicks, the, just the kicks. and the, the, Again, it's a unique style. Like it's when, when he's in there, it's not the vanilla. It's not, I don't mean to use the word vanilla, but in a negative way, it's just he's different. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. when gets in there or Connor gets in there, they're unique in their their styles. They and they're interesting, and, and it's what makes it it's what makes it such an interesting fight. When Wonder Boy's in there, like you're watching him stand there and throw these jabs and stuff like that, and when he throws that that kick that comes out of nowhere, you know what I'm talking about? Where out of nowhere he throws. Who, who did he knock out with the kick over the shoulder? That the guy didn't even see coming. Uh, uh, Dan Stiggin. Stiggin. Yeah, Stiggin. That's right. He's got he had a massive win streak, man. Honestly. When he head kicked him and like he was, uh, it just came over the top of the shoulder. That guy didn't even see it coming. Mm. And that was his first fight in the UFC. And I mean, I remember seeing that. Um, like, I think at that time, maybe I was, I was a bit, uh, probably watching it by then. Yeah. I just remember seeing that KO, and ever since I've just loved uh, Wonder Boy. And then when he, I remember when he beat Rory McDonald, and then he was in line for the title shot. Uh, like that was interesting times with the the Woodley fights. And then since then, to be honest, it's been a bit of a bit of a struggle. Mm. But um, he he's fought, you know, like you said, Woodley twice, then Jorge Masvidal, which he won as a decision. Then he lost to Darren Till, a decision and a good fight. Um, then he lost to Anthony Pettis. Remember that he kind of did that Superman yeah. punch off the cage. Um, yeah. Pettis is fighting this weekend as well. That's one fight I really want to see. I, I always enjoy. I'm a fan of Pettis and um, um, Wonderboy. I'm a, I'm a fan of both those guys. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. Vince, Vincente Luque, he got a um, decision win there, which was fight of the night as well. And that yeah, was, he was that was really it. that was about a year ago today. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I, I really, I really want him to win. I'm a big fan of uh, Wonder Boy. Obviously, as as uh, people who watch UFC, you gravitate towards um, certain people you like, and I think off this podcast, everyone probably can tell I'm a big McGregor fan. But I'm just as big of a Wonder Boy, just as big. But I'm a big Wonder Boy fan, so uh, I just think he's such a nice guy. And then he, he walks in, and he's got these kicks that can send you into another stratosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's just weird to see this super nice guy, and then thirty seconds later, he's he's just someone in there. Oh, he's he's just you know he's a martial artist. That's that's the thing. He's got a great YouTube channel, by the way. He does have uh, a, yeah, he does have a good YouTube channel. Check it out if you haven't seen it, guys. It's it is a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of him too. Mate. Sorry, mate. It could be your first sponsorship, mate. His his YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Stephen Thompson's YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're not doing picks, but I mean, who do you think wins that fight? <laughs> we're not doing picks, but who do you think wins? Jeff Neal oh, Thompson. Okay. I'm gonna go Stephen Thompson by head kick. Oof, Jeff. The thing is, though, Jeff Neal's on a big win streak, and he looks real good. Uh, you know, and um, he hasn't. Jeff Neal hasn't lost a fight in th- two years and eleven months. And he's and I, I think his win streak was six or seven on the trot or something something like that. Yeah, but he might have the Mike Perry first because he just beat Mike Perry, and uh, well, maybe it's given him a false sense of how good he is. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm also looking at those names that um, um, Neil has fought, and look, they're not they're not as good as well. They're not as well known and as high level as the fights that um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has had in, in the recent years, which as we said, has been a little bit up and down. They're, they're just not on the same level. So but I will say this, by the way, little mm-hmm. note, Jeff Neal lost to Kevin Holland in another promotion. Little side note. Um, the one thing I will say is last week with Oliveira, I said that he had fought the quality competition, but he lost against them all. So you never know. This could be Jeff Neal come out and put on an absolute clinic against a high-level fighter just like Oliveira did, right? So, you, you, you know, you never know. But I'm going to go with a Wonderboy head kick because that's what we all want to see. Mm. I, I, I'm going to go for one boy too, but that's because my heart's with him, <laughs> and and because there's no, yeah, we don't have any real anything real on this fight, so I'm just going to support one boy because I want to see him win. Um, also on that fight card is a couple of fights I'm interested in: Jose Aldo and Marlon Vera. Obviously, Marlon Vera coming off a win against Sean O'Malley. I'm a fan of O'Malley, and I'm actually a fan of Vera too. And Jose Aldo. I mean, if he's fighting, I'm watching. Yeah, man. To be honest, the McGregor loss sort of put Aldo in a bit of a bit of a spin, eh? Like mm. he was so dominant, like he was just the man. And then he lost, and then he beat Edgar again. And then just, I mean, they're high level fighters. He lost to, yes, but still, it's just like since then, it's been. Uh, it's a bit like uh, Joanna, how she was so dominant for so long, and then sort of now, you know. Like Aldo's coming off three losses, right? Uh, yeah. So as you as you said, he uh, McGregor, right? So before the McGregor loss, when he came up to fight McGregor, he had had one loss previously, and that was ten years earlier. Yep. Um, and then for the next ten years, he's he was on. Like, I'm not even going to count the amount of fights. It, 
he was 25 and one. So he'd won 24 fights in a row. And then he lost to McGregor. And since losing to McGregor, he's had three, four, five, eight fights and lost five of them. And, and as you said, his last three fights, he's lost. And that's been against Volkanovski, Marlon Marais and Peter Yarn. And I think some of that, I don't think it's all, um, I think some of it you have to say like, and he's responsible for it. Um, actually, like the, the division, the level of the fighter caliber stepping up because he was up here and everyone had to step up to that level. Mm. Um, so that's something he'll always be, he'll always have in the amount of times he defended the title and all that. It was just, unfortunately, the uh, Conor McGregor show came through town and and then the people, I was, it was just fitting that Holloway then became champion as well. Yeah. Because that fight of McGregor and Holloway when they were both young, um, it was a great fight. And then obviously kind of moved on to other things and then Holloway came through as well. Um, and then you had Poirier as well come through at 155. So, um, yeah, I think there was just a lot of quality coming through that division. So I don't think it's anything to do with that like Aldo's not as good as they say he was. I think just the quality picked up and um, yeah, the Holloway fights were tough for him though. Um, sort of lost the fights the same way, same round. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally in the third round and um, you know, four minutes 51 into the fight and four minutes 13 into the fight. So the timing difference is what, like 30 seconds. 40 yeah. seconds like that's that's nothing geez that yeah. would that would eat at you and it was six months apart too yeah and uh you know these, these fights went a bit longer obviously with connor we know it was a very specific game plan he was drilling it in the the warm-up room and the exact move um at least with the holloway fights he was in the fights like he was there um this holloway was too good and then he sort of bounced back but now he's on a bit of a skid, unfortunately. And Vera just beat O'Malley. So I'm sure he's got a bit of confidence there. Um, but I, I'm going to give this one to Aldo. I think Aldo will, will bounce back and show his championship level. And uh, yeah, I think he'll bounce back in this one. And I don't know where he goes from here, win or lose, to be honest. Uh, just I don't know what's left for Aldo. Well, the, you know what I mean? yeah, there's nothing left to prove, that's for sure. And, um, you know, talking about, uh, talking about, you know, Dana cutting a lot of people, if, if Aldo loses this one, he's lost four in a row, he's kind of at that age now where um, he might get cut. You know, losing four in a row, his, his best fights are behind him. He's, he's, I think he's 34, 35 years old. But, you know, in terms of MMA, he's been fighting for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, I think you the sign of for Bellator you have to at least be thirty five, right? <laughs> yeah, um, well I think you'll be off to the UFC retirement village. Well Bellator <laughs> Bellator probably wouldn't take him. What? Well, because you know, like we we've been listening to on recent podcasts about them not wanting to take on um like, you know, UFC rejects, so to speak. Rumble. Um, yeah, but R- Rumble's oh. not in a position where you know Rumble's not in a position where he would be considered a reject. He's been out of the game for a while. He only lost a couple of fights to DC. Um, whereas, um, you know, Romero, Romero they weren't going to take. 
until they sort of people sort of said, what about Rumble Johnson versus Romero? And then they're like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's, let's do that. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm mucking around about Bellator. I think it's a tough, they're in a tough spot. Like I can see why they take those, those talents and put them on, but for example, I think those younger guys that you can bring through, hopefully they can, uh, you know, like maybe they should be out there sort of trying to target those newer guys like um, the way the UFC found McGregor and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. Well, they are. They're it's just the, the, pro- the problem they have with that is that, you know, they just don't – They it's hard for them to build stars like your UFC does. Just in, you know, just because of the amount of people that watch the fights, it's, it's going to be very hard for them to build up a superstar. Like you, man, I, I just don't see. Put it this way, I don't see Bellator having the next McGregor because there's no, even though yeah. even though someone's going to dominate and win fights, right? They don't have the marketing machine that the UFC does. And a perfect example is Michael Chandler. Like he's well known in MMA and people know who he is, but he's not necessarily a huge name outside of the sport. And he was in Bellator for years and years and dominated his division. Yeah, I think the only one in there really, like one of the ones is probably uh, Michael Page in Bellator. Um, yeah. He's an interesting guy. Obviously, he lost to Lima. But the problem is, like, to some people, and some people say it all the time, like, most, a lot of the times he seems to be fighting cans. And then he'll beat, like, he lost to Lima. He beat Paul Daly, fair enough. But then he lost to Lima, and then they sort of went back to fighting people that no one really knows. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 tough because you sort of need two people to make a, a quality fight, and they don't have two names to do that. I feel at the moment. Um, but yeah. What do you reckon? Um, I reckon their biggest superstar, <laughs> Dylan Dennis. <laughs> Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> to be honest, he, yeah, social media wise, you bet you know him and freaking Jake Paul now. Oh, now Jake man. Paul's on that guy. I tell you, so I, I don't like. I have respect that he learned the sport of boxing, but he's gonna start picking off. You know, he's gonna get hurt. Someone is there the guy because like there's a difference between you know fighting cans and boxes. Like it's like me fighting someone like that I can clearly beat or on the street or like it's just but at the same time I know what he's doing he has the he can bring the money and he can bring the fans and that's why he has access to even say this stuff mm. but for his sake I just um, you know and as well all these guys they're so tough it's like why do you want these MMA fighters to come to boxing why mm. don't you uh it's like Paul Gallon the other night when he got to come to boxing. Like, you're so tough. Why don't you you go over? They always want to take away the MMA guys' weapons. I just want to see some boxers go the other way. That makes sense. Oh yeah, of course, man. Go go the other way and see how it goes because uh, you know these MMA fighters. They're they to me they're the toughest of the toughest. They have so much. And I'm not saying boxing is not tough. It's just like I feel like these YouTubers and stuff. They learn boxing and they think they can take on, you know, 
Well, it's like, it's like, um, you know, boxing being one style straight on its own. If, if you don't know any takedown defense, takedown offense, jujitsu, none of that, it's kind of like showing up to a fight with a pocket knife when someone else has a Swiss army knife or a, or a gun even. And in saying that, they just don't have the same weapons. That one skill they have is very, very, very high level. Like, that one, that boxing skill that they have with the hands is probably more high level than any MMA fighter has in one particular uh, martial art, right? Because it's mixed martial arts where you have to have an ability in all of them, right? Mm. But, and, and that's the difference between the sport. That's why they call it the sweet science, right? There's, they have that high level and that one thing which is striking. Whereas in MMA, you have to be able to do everything. And it's just a different sport. And that's why I just find it funny that they they always, they know they they always like well, come into boxing so I can beat you in a fight even though it's not a fight but like <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an MMA fight put it that way um, yeah it's not like a, yeah but um yeah maybe you know what Bellator should do they should probably organise and do Jake Paul versus uh, what's his name Danis because Danis doesn't have much boxing either he's a jiu-jitsu um, what what would you do put sign him as as an MMA fighter and put him up against Dylan Danis just do it as a boxing fight. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't think Dennis takes that fight because if, if Jake Paul fights Dennis, I, I would, I'd put all my money on Jake Paul knocking him out. But if they were to step in an oct- in a, into an octagon or a cage, I would put all my money on Dylan Dennis submitting him. <laughs> yeah. By the way, just, just, I just noticed something there. That's Bellator's biggest problem. When we talk about where MMA fighters, where MMA, May fights take place. It's in an octagon. Yeah, it's not in a cage. It's in an octagon, and that's how big UFC's advantage well, is. You noticed that I corrected myself, cage. right? I said octagon, and yeah. then I was like, "Oh no, it's a cage for them because um, UFC has the naming rights to the octagon." Yes, and when UFC, when people come up and they don't really know much about MMA, they call MMA UFC. Yeah, right. So that that's the problem that they. They have, but yeah, back to the, the point. I do agree Jake Paul is probably the better boxer, but the fact that um, Danis has, you know, he's built a, a higher level in a particular sport than Jake Paul has. I think that that has something in, you know, he has access to Connor and those sort of high-level strikers. I think he can definitely build the skill required to make it a, an interesting fight, but I would like to see if if Jake Paul's so uh, confident, he should just go and do it in MMA. If his striking's that good, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, put up or shut up. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, the last fight, man. Uh, Anthony Pettis, Alex Moreno, mate. I I, I listened to the interview of Pettis again, uh, with uh, Helwani, and he was talking about mental health and seeing a sports psychologist and um, you know, problems with drinking and, and smoking weed and all that sort of stuff. And it just seemed like he's in a different place and hopefully in a good place and hopefully gets the, the win, man, because I'm a, I'm a fan of Pettis. I always enjoy watching his fights. Um, and, you know, it just, in the last year or two, it just hasn't been good. And I feel like maybe even his brother, when he got signed, he got signed to Bellator and had had like, basically he was a decision machine, win or loss and was up and yeah. down in his own career. And it was the little brother. And I'd imagine his confidence was rocked and Pettis was, uh, Anthony Pettis was kind of like 
trying to stand tall for both of them and help lift his brother, but like had his own issues as well. And, you know, I can imagine how they both were um, struggling. Yeah. And it's been, it's definitely been since 2015, it's been a rough ride for uh, Pettis, unfortunately. There's there's a lot of red in between green when it comes to his record, you know. Mm. It's it's a very much a win loss win loss win loss win loss record. So it's he's sort of a bit of inertia. He's not moving anywhere. He's sort of stuck in the same spot, right? Yeah. And, um, and and that's and some of them are big names like Ferguson. But like when he beat uh, when he beat Wonderboy that big KO. It's like he he has these highlight wins and then just when he loses, it's just like nothing. It's just like there's nothing like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure he spoke to that in that interview, but it just to me, it's very interesting, like, uh, that he has these big wins and, like, when he wins, it's like, whoa, what a win. And then when he loses, it's like, uh, it's just like, what, what happened there? Like, it's like he wasn't even there. Mm. Um, it, yeah, that's, that's true. And, and, I mean, maybe part of it's, like I mentioned Sergio Pettis before, right? He was... He'd lost three out of his last four fights before he got signed yeah. to Bellator. Um, or sorry, he'd lost three out of his last five. He had a decision win against Tyson Nam, and then UFC didn't renew his um, um, contract, or maybe he thought he was going to deserve more. I'm not sure exactly how it went down, but he ended up at Bellator, and now he's won two in a row there, and he's three on the trot. So in the last year and a half... Um, Sergio Pettis has been in a good place and perhaps his brother, um, you know, things have changed for him as well mentally. And, and um, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just looking forward to seeing him fight. I know I'm rambling about the Pettis brothers, but I'm just looking forward yeah. to seeing Pe- Anthony Pettis fight this weekend and I'm hoping that he gets the win and yeah. that um, it, it puts him on a good path to keep building. Yeah, I think uh, like with Sergio, I think a lot of it as well had to probably made more financial sense to go to Bellator because where he was at, he probably, you know, they can have their external sponsors and stuff like that. Mm. They could probably get that extra sponsorship money. That's the reality for some of the younger guys. Like, it is probably better where they can do that with the UFC. Obviously, they can't. Um, but, yeah, I feel like... Go ahead. I was going to say, and I think also I said, uh, I'm not sure how he didn't get re-signed to the UFC, Sergio, but I think part of that was because the flyweight division was up in the air at that time. Yeah. Well. And yeah. so he, he might yeah. have thought, shit, I, I need to go to Bellator now before the UFC can the division and then all the flyweights need to find either go up a weight class or find another promotion. Yeah, and put it this way, I don't think they were going to be offering him any ridiculous contracts. So it made sense, I think, for Pettis, uh, Anthony, hopefully he can get a win and um, maybe sort of re energize his career because he's, a, he's probably in the last stretch like uh, like 33 is probably in the last sort of uh, it's two three years yeah and I mean I think he's done the classic uh, it's it's funny Kevin Lee did it there's a lot of this like they keep moving divisions like he moved to featherweight because he wasn't doing well lightweight and then he moved to welterweight you know what I mean like I feel like sometimes there's this division jumping because they that's the solution uh, where clearly and hopefully now based on what you're saying that happened in this interview, maybe he has found the solution. But um, I think at heart, he's a lightweight to be honest. 
I think, I think so. I think so too. And this fight's going to be at welterweight. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I just think, but again, that's not that bad. Like, look at look at how good McGregor looked when he fought. Um, what's his name at? Uh, Cowboy. Cowboy. The light, I think the lightweights look phenomenal at welterweight. Like fantastic. Like they both looked fantastic the whole week. Mm. There was no cutting, right? So. Maybe that's got to do with it. Maybe it doesn't want to cut anymore. Um, but yeah, no, good fight. I guess we'll see how it goes. Hey, um, yep. was it was there anything you wanted to bring up? Any news or anything on the top of your head, or do you reckon that's time? No, I think that's about it. I think we're. I think twenty twenty one is going to begin. Obviously, with a big bang. Um, yeah, is great, and hopefully, hopefully before the end of the year, we have some uh, direction in lightweight and some. We have some fans. Yeah. So um, with with what I'll say to everyone listening, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. But with these MMA ones, I know we've pumped out a few of them, um, but there has been like back-to-back pay-per-views and that's why. And I thought after the weekend, it would be good to just wrap this one up now because I didn't have anything scheduled with anyone else as well. So it's just kind of worked out nicely. Um, the, I'm going to try and do one more podcast before the year's, year's over and that'll be an AOS episode. Uh, the MMA ones will resume again next year. And the first one we're going to do is the McGregor versus um, Poirier one. So that one's going to be a good one. Uh, I don't know if our opinion's any good, but the fight itself is something. The card and the fight is going to be exciting. So we're going to be keen to chat about that. Um, and straight after that one, I'm going to be doing a um, Eternal MMA's got their Perth card coming up in February 12th or February 13th. And I'm going to do a full... Um, research breakdown i'm going to try and interview as many fighters as i can that are fighting on that card and i'm trying to put a little package together for eternal and and do a podcast on that yeah um i'll just add like uh, i think uh and you'll probably agree with this then we're not speaking out of turn but uh if you have any thoughts on the podcast and what we talk about just message one of us i suppose because i yeah, suppose we should sure. sort of see what because I got some, as I said to Brad earlier, I got some feedback from some friends and stuff that enjoyed some stuff and what else to talk about. Um, and then hopefully we can, if there's anything in particular people want to hear, we can deliver. For sure. Yeah, ha- happy to do that. Because, I mean, I'm just an MMA nerd. So the, um, the AOS episodes, it's a bit like for me personally, I, I kind of have to be switched on and trying to try and give my best to get the most out of the other person and to make yeah. them comfortable and get and let them bring their best selves forward to the listeners. Yeah. That's like what I try to do. Um, and, you know, you wake up and a lot of the times I'm meeting with someone that I don't really know like very well yeah. and I'm trying to do the best I can. And it's, it's just, it can be like, you know, fatigue. If I'm doing it every week, week after week, it can be mentally fatiguing. So these MMA ones, if we slot them in once a month when there's a pay-per-view, for me, it's like, it's a break. The MMA stuff I'm just passionate about, happy to chat about. I'm not necessarily trying to facilitate the conversation in the same way because we're talking about a topic, not, a, you know, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a different conversation. So, yeah, exactly. Um, regardless of listeners, mate, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to do it because I enjoy it and there will be people out there who over time will, um, you know, find this and they will like it. So there's, there's an audience there. It'll just build over time for, for these episodes anyway. Um, I was going to ask you what feed, the feedback you said was good, but did they give you any ideas? 
I know that the, the main feedback I got was um, just that the, the part they enjoyed was it was just just like a couple of guys talking about fights. We're not trying to be experts. We're not trying to be like pro analysts. We're just two guys talking about fights, and that's what I think we've tried to make it. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's uh, what people enjoy. That's what I enjoy because I, I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts that are so heavily focused on all, like, it's very formatted. But then you listen to, like, a DC and a Hawani or you listen to a um, when you got a Chael and Hawani. They're a bit more relaxed and fun, and you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I think we fit that mold well, and that, that was some of the feedback I got. And I think that's uh, positive. If yeah, that's good. And also, I was because I, I listened to you know the two guys from Submission Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I kind of like you know how they'll both jump on, have on um, a fighter, and then they'll chat to them and kind of interview the person together. Yeah, that's a sort of style. We could try that. I'd be happy to try that. Um, if if you were keen yeah, to man. do that, I'd be like as you said, that's a true co-host role. We both kind of co-host that episode together, and we interview someone. I'd be open to that. I'd also be open to a listener if they want to come on and have a casual chat like we are and do fight breakdowns, predictions, methods to victories and that sort of stuff. I'd be happy to have a third person on who just chats amongst the conversation like we are. Yeah, I think think we have a lot. Just where it's a different listener and it's you and me and a different listener. Yeah, I I think we know, um, like I definitely know some listeners that have been listening that will be interested in doing that so uh yeah i think there's lots of exciting options with the uh we've got a good podcast here mate <laughs> cheers bro i enjoy it anyway regardless <laughs> it's i'll just keep yeah. doing it <laughs> zero yeah, plays yeah. zero be zero plays every week and we'll just keep doing it oh uh, man it was good fun i think last time we finished the podcast like almost 1am but it was uh <laughs> it was well worth it i enjoyed it so All just right. move back to sydney so we can do it at a decent time we'll do it in person too Oh, yeah, mate, if I, was yeah. in, if I was in Sydney, we'd be doing it in person every time. Yeah. All right, mate, I'll let you go. It's, it's getting late over there. Um, and, yeah, this has already went longer than what we said it would. So, everybody, I hope you're, uh, hope you're enjoying these. Uh, haven't ha- I personally haven't had very much feedback on the MMA ones myself. Um, so if you are someone who enjoys them, please let me know. Um, and if you're someone who doesn't, let me know that as well. Um, so I can personally tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, not really. No, hit us up. Let us know, guys. We're always open to conversation with whoever. So, yeah, look, I appreciate it. Aaron, thanks for your time, mate. And uh, looking forward to the next one early in the new year. Thanks again. Cheers, brother. Thanks, everyone.